0: What happens with those that turn away from the Lord? Judgment. And as a consequence, the very things they left God for are the things that will cause their own demise and destruction. You like fornication and adultery? God will allow for those same things to destroy you. Do you worship the God of money or wealth? That same thing will be your own fall. The very things that you put before God are the very things that will cause your fall, your destruction. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about ingratitude and unfaithfulness to the Lord. I think we can all agree that no one likes ingratitude or unfaithfulness. We all like to be appreciated, especially if we have put forth a lot of effort in trying to please another person we care about. And of course, we all desire for the people that are important to us to be loyal through the good and bad times. God is looking for the same thing. God desires for people to notice the things that he does, and he desires gratitude and faithfulness. But we will see that the opposite is true most of the time. Today's message is inspired on Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 1 to 30. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your love for your son, Jesus Christ. I give you thanks, O Lord, Heavenly Father, for the wonderful promises and grace that you give us, O Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord, for your forgiveness. I pray for your mercy. Heavenly Father, I depend on your faithfulness, Lord God. Please forgive us, O Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, that you help us to appreciate all the things that you do, and that love may grow out of that appreciation, Lord God. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may help us to be grateful and faithful people. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today's key passage can be found in Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 1 to 30. This is the word of the Lord. Again the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations, and say, Thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, Your birth and your nativity are from the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite, and your mother a Hittite. As for your nativity, on the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in swaddling cloths. No, I pitied you to do any of these things for you, to have compassion on you. But you were thrown out into the open field when you yourself were loathed on the day you were born. And when I passed by you, I saw you struggling in your own blood. I said to you in your blood, live. Yes, I said to you in your blood, live. I made you thrive like a plant in the field and you grew, matured and became very beautiful. Your breasts were formed, your hair grew, but you were naked and bare. When I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed your time was a time of love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you, and you became mine, says the Lord God. Then I washed you in water. Yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood and I anointed you with oil. I clothed you in embroidered cloth and gave you sandals of badger skin. I clothed you with fine linen, and covered you with silk. I adorned you with ornaments, put bracelets on your wrists, and a chain on your neck. And I put a jewel in your nose, earrings in your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver, and your clothing was of fine linen, silk, and embroidered cloth. You ate pastry of fine flour, honey, and oil. You were exceedingly beautiful, and succeeded to royalty. Your fame went about the nations because of your beauty, for it was perfect through my splendor, which I had bestowed on you, says the Lord God. But you trusted in your own beauty, played the harlot because of your fame and poured out your harlotry on everyone passing by who would have it. You took some of your garments and adorned multicolored high places for yourself and played the harlot on them. Such things should not happen, nor be. You have also taken your beautiful jewelry from my gold and my silver, which I had given you, and made for yourself male images and played the harlot with them. You took your embroidered garments and covered them, and you set my oil and my incense before them. Also my food which I gave you, the pastry of fine flour, oil, and honey, which I fed you. You set it before them as sweet incense And so it was, says the Lord God. Moreover, you took your sons and your daughters whom you bore to me, and these you have sacrificed to them to be devoured. Were your acts of harlotry a small matter, that you have slain my children and offered them up to them by causing them to pass through the fire? And in all your abominations and acts of harlotry, you did not remember the days of your youth when you were naked and bare, struggling in your blood, Then it was so after all your wickedness. Woe, woe to you, says the Lord God, that you also built for yourself a shrine and made a high place for yourself in every street. You built your high places at the head of every road and made your beauty to be abhorred. You offered yourself to everyone who passed by and multiplied your acts of harlotry. You also committed harlotry with the Egyptians, your very fleshly neighbors. And increased your acts of harlotry to provoke me to anger. Behold, therefore, I stretched out my hand against you, diminished your allotment, and gave you up to the will of those who hate you, the daughters of the Philistines, who were ashamed of your lewd behavior. You also played the harlot with the Assyrians, because you were insatiable. Indeed, you played the harlot with them, and still were not satisfied. Moreover, you multiplied your acts of harlotry as far as the land of the traitor, chaldea and even then you were not satisfied how degenerate is your heart says the lord god seeing you do all these things the deeds of a brazen harlot today's passage reveals to us what the people of israel did with the lord and how they repaid his goodness with evil and unfaithfulness and it is explained by the goodness a man shows an abandoned baby girl But like many things in the Bible, there are parallels also between those people that God has shown his goodness to and that they too have repaid his grace, love, and mercy with sin and abomination. And it has happened with other nations and at individual levels. And so the story perpetuates itself in different ways. We can start by seeing God's mercy and grace through this man that takes this abandoned baby girl in. And the man in the story is speaking to this woman that he has done great things to and for from the moment he found her. The woman's beginnings were very sad. She was abandoned by her parents that neither were of royal or special lineage. There was nothing attractive in her. There was absolutely nothing special about her. Yet he took pity on her. He saw her in a position where she could not do anything for herself. And if he would not have taken care of her, she would have died. But the man took this abandoned baby girl in and raised her and took care of her when she was nothing nor had anything to offer. And he had given her all kinds of care and then gifts and made her very beautiful, admirable, even rich and took her as a wife. This woman owed everything she was and had to this man. And of course, God was represented in this man and the woman was Israel. God had formed the nation of Israel from very simple beginnings. Everything started with Abraham. There was nothing special about Abraham as a person per se from a secular or social position. All of a sudden, God, through his mercy and grace, reached out to this man Abraham and developed a relationship with him and then made a covenant with him. And from God's promise to Abraham, the Lord raised a mighty and wondrous nation the nation of Israel, where he had performed many miracles, awesome and incredible things, such as the world has never seen, like when he freed them from the Egyptians and gave them the promised land, where they received from the Lord through his conquest cities that they did not build, nor lands that they developed. He overthrew before them great and mighty kingdoms. He fought their battles and won their wars. And through King David, he made them a world power a mighty and thriving kingdom. And then through Solomon, a nation of extreme wealth and luxury, where the entire world was at its feet. All would come to do business with Israel and all would be at peace with them, all because of God's divine providence and protection. And the Lord would allow for Solomon to build him a temple where he would dwell physically with them in the heart of Israel, in Jerusalem the almighty God of the universe would establish his dwelling place among his people, something that had never happened in history. God showed them incredible mercy, love and grace, his faithfulness to Abraham throughout the generations. But unfortunately, Israel forgot about everything God had done for them. They forgot as a nation about the Lord, about his goodness, love and extreme grace. And rather than remaining faithful to him, they started sinning against the Lord for no reason. They grew weary and were tired of their relationship with him. And they started going after the very gods and idols that belonged to the nations he overthrew for them. The irony is truly difficult to accept. Why would people look for and worship gods and idols that had done absolutely nothing for them? Why go after people and things that only wanted their ruin and destruction to begin with? How can a group of people that owed so much to the Lord turn against him without any kind of reason or logic? God had done nothing wrong to them. Quite the contrary, he put the entire world at their feet. He had made them the most prosperous and established nation in the world at that time. Yet they turned on him. Now turning our attention from Israel and going to others that God has done good to as well and is still doing good to them. And again, God has shown his goodness to many people throughout history and still to this day, people that know who he is and everything he has done for them. Yet, they repay God's goodness with evil, with disobedience and rebellion, with rejection and ultimately with sin and abomination. And in their desire to return evil for good, they hurt themselves and do something that is completely illogical. If we continue reading, we will see the actual foolishness that happens when people turn away from the Lord and serve and or look for other things. If we start in verse 31 of the same chapter, we read the following. You erected your shrine at the head of every road and built your high place in every street. Yet you were not like a harlot because you scorned payment. You are an adulterous wife who takes strangers instead of her husband. Men make payment to all harlots, but you make your payments to all your lovers and hired them to come to you from all around for your harlotry. You are the opposite of other women in your harlotry because no one solicited you to be a harlot and that you gave them payment, but no payment was given you. Therefore, you are the opposite. See how ridiculous and absurd it is what happens when people turn away from the Lord? Rather than gaining something from the things people and ultimately idols they turn to, they wind up spending what they have on them. When a person sins against the Lord, they give away the blessings God has given them. They destroy the blessing that God has granted them. They think that those other things give them something when in fact they're just being used for what they have. The Lord describes here that they are even more foolish than a regular harlot. People pay to get used and abused by the things and people they pursue rather than at least receiving payment for their services like a regular prostitute. Here is what every person and or group of people that has received God's goodness and mercy and even blessing and grace need to think about. Every single person on this earth lives and breathes based on God say-so. Everything that has life, has life because God wills it. For it is written, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Notice that it says that he created everything, and that all things consist in him. So every single person owes the Lord their existence and their continued survival. The second thing is that every single person has sinned against God out of their own free will. And because of that, they should be completely separated from God. They should never be allowed to come into his kingdom. For it says in Romans chapter three, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so no one deserves to be allowed into God's kingdom yet. God took it upon himself to provide a means. The only way to salvation, through the person of Jesus Christ. There is no such thing as many ways to God. There is only one way possible. Being a good person doesn't get you there. Doing good things does not grant you entrance into his kingdom. The only way a person can have the opportunity of salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ and through what he did on the cross. That's it. God the Son died on the cross without any kind of obligation to give you and me the opportunity for salvation. For it also says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so no one has given us the opportunity that God has through his son, Jesus Christ. No one has died for us. All other idols and gods have done nothing for us. They didn't make us or create us. They have nothing to do with our daily survival and existence, and they certainly cannot offer eternal life and entrance into the kingdom of God. And just think about this, sin doesn't make it possible to come into the Lord's kingdom. Can adultery, fornication, robbery, sexual deviance, lying, cheating, murder, coveting, idolatry, and so on help a person gain entrance into heaven? Of course not. Yet these are the things people look for and live for, and unfortunately, after they have known the goodness and mercy of God. Almost everyone knows what Jesus Christ did on the cross for them, yet it's not enough. They would rather pay to destroy their lives rather than look for and appreciate what God has done for them. People dare to judge God and say, Where is God and all the things that happen in the world? And I would have to say, man has brought destruction on themselves by wronging each other and destroying the things God has given them. So how is that God's fault? They dare to judge God, yet when sinning against the Lord, they are a part of the problem that makes this world the place that it is. Sin doesn't help anyone, no matter how small and or insignificant it seems. On the contrary, It only hurts and ultimately destroys a person and all of the good that God has intended for them. For it is written, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. But this is what has happened to all of those that have turned their back on the Lord. And what will happen to those who choose to do so, to those who look to repay God's love, mercy, and grace with sin and evil? For it is written, Now then, O harlot, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, because your filthiness was poured out and your nakedness uncovered in your harlotry with your lovers, and with all your abominable idols, and because of the blood of your children which you gave to them. Surely, therefore, I will gather all your lovers with whom you took pleasure, all those who you loved and all those you hated. I will gather them from all around against you and will uncover your nakedness to them, that they may see all your nakedness, and I will judge you as women who break wedlock or shed blood are judged." I will bring blood upon you in fury and jealousy. I will also give you into their hand and they shall throw down your shrines and break down your high places. They shall also strip you of your clothes, take your beautiful jewelry and leave you naked and bare. They shall also bring up an assembly against you and they shall stone you with stones and thrust you through with their swords. They shall burn your houses with fire and execute judgments on you in the sight of many women. And I will make you cease playing the harlot and you shall no longer hire lovers. And so what happens with those that turn away from the Lord? Judgment. And as a consequence, the very things they left God for are the things that will cause their own demise and destruction. You like fornication and adultery? God will allow for those same things to destroy you. Do you worship the God of money or wealth? That same thing will be your own fall. The very things that you put before God are the very things that will cause your fall, your destruction. This is what happened to Israel because they did not turn away from their sin because rather than quitting while they were ahead, they continued getting bolder and bolder in their sin against God and their unfaithfulness to the Lord. They even got to the point, just like the passage said, that they offered their children as sacrifices to their idols. They worshiped a God like Moloch, where they would burn their own newborn children as an offering to that false god. And for what? Did Moloch give them anything? No. Did the gods of the Amorites and the Canaanites give them anything? No. Did any of those things that they put before the Lord give them anything, did anything for them? Absolutely not. So why do it? Because when people forsake God, when they turn away from the Lord, They begin doing those things that are quite honestly stupid. They give in to foolishness. They forsake their own salvation and their own well-being. This is something that people really need to understand. God does not say that sin is wrong because he wants to be a killjoy or because he's keeping some sort of hidden treasure from people. God says that sin is sin because whatever is sin will ultimately destroy a person, no matter how inoffensive or harmless or fun or pleasurable it may seem. The ultimate outcome of sin is death. Sin will destroy a person or nations sooner or later. And the worst thing about sin is that if a person does not repent and turn away from their sin in time and they die in that state, they will face God's judgment and be sentenced to spend their eternity in hell. Does that happen because God is bad? No. A person brings about their own consequences out of their own free will. God can't do anything for a person that does not want to be saved, for a person that insists in doing evil, especially after they've been exposed to the knowledge of salvation, after they've been made aware of the way they can have eternal life. When people reject God, they reject their own salvation, their own chance at immortality. And so the only thing I could say as a person that speaks on behalf of the Lord, if you have forsaken the Lord, if you have been ungrateful and unfaithful to him, my most excellent advice to you is to repent, to turn away from your sin, to leave behind those false gods and idols that will only bring about your own self-destruction sooner or later here, but more importantly, in eternity. Turn while there is still time. Don't let your sin destroy you. Repent, change, convert. Look to the Lord for forgiveness. There's only eternal life in one person in the whole universe and that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Be faithful to him because he has been faithful to you. After seeing today's passage and many other passages in the Bible like this, it is very clear to understand that when anyone, individual or group, knows the truth of God, that they have a great responsibility involved with that. And to clarify even further, if an individual or group of people know about God's salvation, and for whatever reason, turn away from the Lord to pursue other things, to give other things more priority than to the Lord, nothing good will come out of that. There is no such thing as saved, always saved, if a person falls into rebellion and the practice of sin. There can only be judgment, especially if a person is unwilling to turn away from their sinful lifestyle. And we have many examples of that, even during this time. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fire indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy in the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy, who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the spirit of grace? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord, and again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall, the hands of the living god and so god will judge his people if there is willful sinning if the practice of sin is part of their lifestyle galatians chapter 5 also tells us this now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery fornication uncleanness lewdness idolatry sorcery hatred contentions jealousies outbursts of wrath selfish ambitions dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Therefore, if a person practices sin, no matter how much they think that they have faith, and that God loves them, no matter how much they try to brainwash themselves at the notion that their sin will not catch up with them, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. God will not let them into his kingdom. And the word is also very clear in that a person needs to overcome this world and the sin within them. It doesn't imply perfection, but a person must at least put up a fight through their faithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ. But if a person just lets sin have their way with them and they choose to not overcome, even if their name was written in the book of life, it can be also erased in the end. In Revelations chapter three it says, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. And so the possibility is there for a person's name to be blotted or erased the book of life because the Lord is saying it very clearly that he will not erase a person's name from the book of life if they overcome we need to remember that everything with the Lord is conditional and finally in Matthew chapter 7 it says not everyone who says to me Lord Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father in heaven so it is not about saying that you're a Christian or professing that you believe in God is what will save you. You can profess having whatever faith or theology you want, but if you are not looking to do the will of God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. God will not allow you into his kingdom. So this notion that God forgives everything and that I can do whatever I want and still be saved is false and a sure path to spend eternity completely separated from God. God is love but he is also consuming fire. God is no fool. So for your own sake, if you find yourself living a lifestyle that goes against the Lord, leave it. Abandon your rebellion. The only one that can save you is Jesus Christ, but you must live for him and not for sin, not for the things you owe nothing to, for things that will only destroy you in the end. Turn, repent, convert before it is too late, Quit while you're ahead, ultimately think about this. How much is your soul worth to you? Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessed be your name. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and for the way of salvation that you've made through him. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we must be grateful to you and that we must be faithful to you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, that things are should never be taken for granted, especially our salvation. That if we know the truth, if we have been exposed to your salvation, if we have been exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we have made a decision for you, that we must cling on to that decision, and that we must take care of that salvation that you have given us. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that sin will only destroy our lives, even if we have professed a faith in you, even if we have made a decision for you. Sin will still destroy us if we let it have its way in our lives. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we need to continue turning from sin to follow you with all of our hearts and to look to do your will. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.